get ready to live fearlessly free with Heather Bunch. Did you know God created us for deep, life-giving, nourishing friendships? But do you have any of these? Or maybe, do you ever shy away from these kind of relationships? Have you ever wondered how you have a life-giving friendship? Welcome to Live Fearlessly Free. I'm your courageous coach, Heather Bunch, and I am here to help you live a life that is fearlessly free so you can stop hiding, so you can show up fully yourself in all your fun, quirky goodness, and you can fulfill your God-given purpose, and you get to do it courageously. You can. And so today I am going to be sharing with you about friendships and developing a friendship that sticks closer than a brother. I want to go into actual practical steps. So today's going to be for you if you have ever wanted a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. If you've wanted to be a better friend yourself, I'm going to be talking to you today. And if you look at your friendships and you're like, I want to go deeper. I want life-giving friendships. I feel like I'm just surrounded by acquaintances. I am definitely talking to you today. Now, most of us, I'm going to be honest, we're not really taught how to have deep friendships. And a deep friendship actually starts with being a good friend. The Bible talks about that. If you want a friend, show yourself friendly. Now, all my kids, when they were younger, they would meet somebody and they're like, oh, you're my best friend. Like they barely know this person. And and I'll be like, hey, what's their name? Oh, I don't remember. And so the concept for a kid on a bestie is um is pretty shallow like you can't even remember their name that's that's not what you would you know consider a deep friendship but you know we're kids we're generally not taught how to have friendships and how to be a good friend again if you want a friend show yourself friendly so if you want deep friendships you're going to have to be willing to go deep I know that could be scary. If you want vulnerability in a friendship, you have to be willing to be vulnerable. And if you want encouragement, you have those down days and you just want someone to encourage you. You have to be the type of friend that also gives it. I want to read Hebrews 10.25 to you. And it says, let us not neglect meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Now, this scripture is usually taught, hey, make sure you go to church because it's important to go to church. And it is. I've met some of my best friends at church too. But this scripture doesn't just remind us to go to church. It's about encouraging other friends, other believers. Now, encouraging here in the Greek, it means to make a call when close up and personal. 
It's actually referencing believers offering up evidence that stands up in God's court. So when we talk about encouraging each other, what do we encourage each other about? Like, what is this scripture talking about? It's about encouraging believers, giving them the evidence of the goodness of God. It's about letting them know they are not alone. It's about showing the unconditional love of God. And I actually talked uh, in the last episode, episode 54, about the two beliefs that make unconditional love conditional. So if you want to know more about that and really understand that unconditional love of God, check out that episode if you haven't already. Well, how do we encourage? Like, do I just say, hey, man, you got this. Good job. You know, what, what does encouragement mean? What, is it, what does it look like? How can we practically walk this out? Well, I'm going to give you several ways that you can practically walk out encouraging people. Being that friend that you want. And the first thing is time. Nothing says love like time. Um, Have you ever heard of the five love languages? Now, it's a, a, a five things that Gary Chapman had developed. I was about to say Gary Smalley, but he's the one that did the animal disc profile, which I love that one. But Gary Chapman came up with this five love languages and he had been doing counseling and he noticed that people showing love to one another have different ways they give and ways they receive love. And when they're mismatched, then that's usually when the problems come because one person's like, I am loving you. What are you, I'm doing the dishes and I'm mowing the lawn and I'm taking care of the car. And the other person is sitting there going, but you don't spend any time with me. So there's a mismatch. So someone like that is to time. So it's, it's, there's quality time, words of affirmation. There's acts of service. There's gifts. And I'm going to be honest, the fifth one has escaped me. So, but nothing says love like time. So whether that's you're spending time with someone, if that's what they need, whether that's doing something that takes time for them to show love, but it's, it's, it's us going out of our way to spend time, whether that's in, in whatever way that person needs it. And that's how we can show love. We're also showing people, you know what? You're not alone on this journey. And the thing about time is when you're spending time with people, quality time with people, it leaves room for deeper conversations. Time also allows you to show you care. Time gives you it gives you time, time to connect. So one way you can encourage is through time. Now, the next one is ask questions. 
I've talked to you about great questions produce great answers. So when you are trying to encourage someone, find out what they need. It can be really easy for us to assume we know somebody else's needs, but our assumptions are not always correct. And so, you know, in the moment, here's a couple questions you could ask. So maybe you have a friend who's going through something and you, you could ask them, what would truly be helpful in this moment? Because you know what? You may want to go bring them meals, but maybe that's not what they actually need. Maybe they need time with you. I don't know. And you won't know unless you ask them. Another question you could ask is, is there anything I can pray for you about? And then when they share it, pray with them in that moment. Now, this is something I'm working on because I have been guilty over the years going, oh my gosh, I'm going to pray for you about that. And then you walk away and you forget like that you're going to pray for them about that. So I started off with, I got better about actually praying for people when I said I was going to pray for people. But the next step that I'm working on is to pray with them in the moment. I pray with them right there. Don't wait. I think this is an extra powerful thing that brings you even closer together and deeper in your friendship. Let's be honest. I think very few people pray with one another. It's not not really a natural tendency I think we have. And it can be a little uncomfortable I think we feel a little exposed when we pray. But remember, prayer is just connecting with God. It's talking with God. So it doesn't have to look and sound one way. You don't have to tout 500 scriptures in your prayer. It just needs to be real and sincere. And it will mean the world to your friend. The next thing that you can do to encourage is remind Remind each other of the goodness of God. Share scriptures with one another. Share encouraging stories. Maybe you're listening to a podcast and you're like, oh my gosh, so-and-so needs this. This is so good. They have this awesome thing. There's this little little square with, you know, there's a little upline that's share. Although if it's on an Android, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if it's different. That's an Apple. It's an iPhone. But share with them. Copy and paste that URL, text it to them, email it to them, share, remind your friends of the goodness of God. And I'll tell you what, there is nothing like an encouraging text or a call from a friend out of nowhere. And it just says, hey, I was thinking about you. I love you. I always say I love you bunches because, you know, I'm Heather Bunch, so I got to, you know, take advantage of that pun. We can be that friend. We can be that friend that all of a sudden they look down at their phone and like, oh, I got another text. And then they see, hey, I was just thinking about you. I love you. Hope you're doing great. I, I'm going to tell you what, I've had friends do that to me. And it, it just blesses me to think someone was thinking about me. Be that friend. The next thing you can do is be sensitive. And 
this is a, a biggie. Romans twelve fifteen it talks about rejoicing with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Now, I love how this scripture doesn't say, hey, help those people weeping rejoice. Come on, cheer up, Charlie. And it seems like that's what we need to do in the moment, right? Oh, you're sad. We need to pick you up. Come on. It's all right. Brush off the tears. You know, suck it up. That is, that is not usually what people need in that moment. And even, even God knows that. Like, they gave us instructions on that. Sometimes what people need in that that moment is time to release the pain. And crying can actually be just that. Crying is actually a physical way to let go of the pain. Now, I was w- married once before and I've I've talked about it on the podcast, I've written some blog posts about it. And I had two miscarriages in that marriage. And when I found out about the first one, it was during an ultrasound. I sat there. I had started. I had, had, was bleeding. Had some spotting. Went in. Everything okay. Still having spotting. Go back in. Every, everything is not okay. No heartbeat. And I was in shock. And then the doctor totes me over to the, you know, wall chart and then logically is explaining to me, you know, how far along my little peanut was when, when they passed away. And I fainted right on the spot in the doctor's office. And I was, it was actually absolutely horrible and horrendous. I was by myself. My, my former husband was out of town on a business trip and he did come into town, but you know, it took a little bit. So I had to drive myself home and I'll tell you what, I didn't allow myself to mourn. I never cried. Even as I lay in the emergency room as they took my baby away because I I went into full on labor and then I I had to go through a um, procedure in the emergency room. And I had a friend who had gone through the same thing, but their baby was okay. So I was believing for the same thing. But that's not what happened. But I never allowed myself to cry. Now, two years later, I'm in a different doctor's office ultrasound, no heartbeat, and I immediately burst into tears. And you know what? I didn't stop it this time. I let it flow and allowed myself to mourn. I literally weeped, like heaving breath, like weeping. And I'm going to tell you, it was so much easier to heal from that second miscarriage. Why? Because I allowed myself to cry. I allowed myself to physically let out the pain. And then there were other people that cried with me. And healing came. 
If someone had come to me in that moment and tried to cheer me up with like, your baby's with Jesus now. Now, I know their heart is right and I know what they're saying. But in that particular moment, when I'm mourning, that would not have been helpful. Now, do I believe my babies are happy, healthy, they're living in heaven They're living a life of joy now. Yeah, I absolutely believe that. And it gives me great comfort. Like I have three kids on this earth. I have two in heaven. So I am actually a mom of five. And it gives me great comfort to know that they are happy and healthy and with Jesus. But in the moment of mourning, that is not what I needed. So when we're encouraging others, we need to be sensitive to our Timing. Timing can be everything. Sometimes they might not, they just, they might need a hug. Uh, I love you. I'm here for you. Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they just need you to sit in silence with them. The, The Jews call it sit in shiva. Like where you can just sit. And allow them to weep and you weep with them. It's like a magical healing moment. So be sensitive. If you have a friend going through something, be there for them in whatever capacity you can be. Maybe that's just a simple text, letting them know you're thinking about them. You're praying for them or pray with them on the spot. You do not have to have all the answers to be an awesome friend. And I'm going to tell you that when you do these things, when you use this powerful, encouraging tools, you become the friend that you want. And I guarantee you are going to reap deeper friendships through that. Remember, a hug or... A shoulder to cry on, that can be a powerful healing tool. Now I want to finish up with this. You might be sitting there and you might be thinking, I am I feel pretty alone, to be honest. And I want to offer something to you. If you are a businesswoman... Now, you could be somebody that's a a career woman or you could be an entrepreneur that has your own business. It doesn't matter. You could be a part-time, you know, person. But I want to share with you, if you are looking for other businesswomen who love God and are like-minded, I want to invite you to check out Women of Audacious Faith. We are an incredible community of women that love God and we mix our faith and our business. And I have met the my my closest friends are from this group. We have gone deep. I've got accountability partners that we meet every week. I have my friends that we cry on each other's shoulders, that we lift each other up that we're there for one another, that we spend time together, that we encourage each other in the Lord and encourage each other in our businesses and whatever we're trying to work on or encourage each other because we're having a rough time in our marriage or, 
or our kids, whatever it is. If you need that, I want to invite you to Women of Audacious Face. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. We have a Facebook group. I'm going to put a link in the show notes where you can connect to it. You just click, hey, join join the group and you become, can become a member of Audacious Faith. We also meet on Zoom the first Friday of every month. And the day I'm recording this is actually a first Friday. So I'm super excited. I'm all dressed up and ready for my my online Zoom call. And it is encouraging. We connect. We grow in our faith and our business. It's phenomenal. So if you need something like that, please check out the Women of Audacious Faith. It's totally free. And I am telling you, these women have changed my life. I get to be the friend I need. And through this, I have found the friends I need. So thanks a bunch for listening. And until next time, live fearlessly free.